Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for I click where I want to go. I have my Visa card in there, so I've got my payment information. So I know where I'm going, but there's one button at the bottom of the page. You can have all that stuff set. I know where I'm going, Mm -hmm. and here's my payment. But there's one button. If you don't push that button, then when you show up at the airport, they're not going to know who you are. That's right. You got to. What is that button? It's submit. submit. It's the submit submit button. Mm -hmm. You have to click the submit button or none of it is any good. I know a lot of people, they say, well, I'm going to heaven. They know where they're going, or they think they do. They know their payment information. Jesus died on the cross for me, but you have yet to submit. And if you show up without submitting your life, they're not going to know who you are, and you're going nowhere. You need to hit that submit button. So Sam said, you bow, or you curtsy, because they have authority over you. Friends, Jesus has authority over you. Well, I don't believe in Jesus. He has authority over you anyway. If somebody's going to be taken to jail, if they said, well, I don't believe in jail, what do you tell them? Oh, sorry. It's tough. You're, you're going you're anyway. Go, you're going anyway. <laughs> yeah. You got the easy way or the hard way. How do you want to play this? Right. Yeah. So, friends, you got the easy way or the hard way. How do you want to play it? Give your life to Jesus and submit. Bow, not just physically. You should bow when you pray. He's got authority. But bow your life. He was just talking earlier about you submit. Jesus is the authority. He's the priority. Or you're going to be in trouble. Psalm 7211 says, all kings shall fall down before him. All nations shall serve him. All kings are going to fall before him. This is the king of kings that they're going to fall before him. The royalty of Christ. Mm-hmm. Let's keep it going. Let's keep flying. I think we got us a roll going. You're, yeah, we you're, got... fine. you're in your element here. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Sam, I watched the wedding. I think it was uh, Megan and... Harry. Harry. Okay, shows you what I know. That's it. (laughs) Sorry, I kind of knew. And I literally had people ask me, why? Now, this is before all that turmoil, whatever is going I don't even know what's going on. Mm -hmm. I I don't want to get into that, but I watched it and my friends asked me, why Ray? Redneck Ray wants to watch the royal wedding. Why? I was trying to catch a sense of what royalty is. Mm -hmm. And while I was watching that, they're in the sanctuary or whatever. And before the queen entered the sanctuary, trumpets sounded Hmm. i mean they blew those trumpets that echoed everywhere why to announce attention royalty is now here Mm -hmm. sam what can you tell me about what is that it's a fine sign of respect the monarch is coming into this place it's a form of bowing it's like an acknowledgement hail the king hail the queen here she comes but adding to that, the ceremony that's involved, and this is why I love this kind of thing, because in this day and age, you don't see it so much until you have some major event like a wedding or a funeral. You, you look at the, the pageantry, the ceremony, the traditions, 
These have been passed down through the years and they haven't been lost. And I think as a society, we, we love that, that tradition, the ceremony, the pomp and circumstance, because that's part of your identity. It's something to be proud of. And coming from Britain, that's something that is instilled in me as a young man. And it has not left me still. You know, when the Queen died, the thing that got me the most, even, and it was very upsetting to see her die, but the thing that really emotionally got to me, and this may sound strange coming from a 58-year-old man, but was when they lowered her coffin and the lone bagpiper played in the background mm. and he disappeared into the distance. So you oh. could hear that sound getting quieter and quieter as she was being laid to rest in the catacombs below. And that, again, it's tradition and it's a sense of loss. But I think um, going back to what you're saying, it is the ceremony. I think that's what people are intrigued by. Americans, you know, they are amazingly. Ignorant. I think intrigued, but ignorant, but I, but they're also intrigued by it too. Sure, yes. You know, when they see this, I hear people say, "What's all the fuss?" I said, "Well, why don't you go and watch the household cavalry? Why don't you go and see the the guards? Why don't you see the Coldstream guards doing their marching down the streets and all that kind of stuff?" It's something you don't have here, and if it's something you don't see that often, it, it creates an interest, and that's something for me. I'm very proud of, and I'll never lose that. Friends, do you have something in Jesus, the royalty of Jesus? Do you present a pride? and Jesus that people can see. When people look at you, they go, wow, you really are into this thing. You really love Jesus. I mean, what is it about Jesus? It's like I'm asking Sam, what is it about royalty? I see it in him, but I don't understand it. And that's why I'm trying to fish it out of him. Friends, people will see you in your love of Jesus Christ, and they'll say, what what is it? Tell me, because I don't get it. And they'll try to fish it out of you. So we're trying to give you all the parallels that we can. And you talked about when the queen died. Friends, Jesus Christ died. He died on a cross. And the sad thing about it is that he did it for you and me. We produced a death penalty in our sin, and somebody had to pay for it, and we sure could not afford it. So he did it. And they lowered him into the grave, but he rose again. And because he rose again, we can rise with him. We talked about when the queen, when the royalty enters the room, they blow the horns. 1 Thessalonians 4.16 says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God. Why is there going to be a great trumpet sounding before Jesus comes back? For the same reason they did it for the queen or the king of England, to announce that royalty is here. Mm -hmm. Guys, there's so much in royalty that we're missing. Maybe you think of Jesus just as merely somebody who died on the cross. Okay, he, that's what he did. But do you know Jesus also for who he is? He's the king of kings. We talked about Americans not getting it. I'll just tell you straight up, Sam, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. I, I, ignorant is the word I used. You wanted to be nicer than that. Thank you. <laughs> well, that's the English of me. We, <laughs> right. we don't want to be rude. You've got to be polite. <laughs> Politeness is the key. <laughs> but um, Americans were ignorant of who Jesus is. We're just thinking about what he did. Are we so ignorant of royalty that we no longer bow before his very presence? If the queen walked in the room, if, if this had been me five years ago and the queen walked in, I'd go, oh, hey, look, there's the queen. I wouldn't have done anything. And I'd probably have been in violation of her authority in some kind of way. Friends, are we treating Jesus like that? Oh, it's just Jesus. Yeah, I gave my life to him. No big deal. I got things to do. We no longer bow in his presence. We don't even find Jesus worth the time to do his will. Don't just think of what Jesus did. Acknowledge Jesus for who he is. 
we got to understand that Jesus is not just king. He's also a Lord. Now, Sam, what is a Lord in Old English terms? Well, a Lord in England, he he had a certain amount of land, property, and on his property, whoever lived on, on his property were his uh, possessions, including the people. He had Lord over your life or death. I mean, if he so so wanted to, he could have you put to death. That is where the Lord comes from. And then now when you look into the parliamentary system, uh, you have the House of Lords and you have the Houses of Parliament. And the Houses of Parliament right now, it's uh, people who are uh, voted in by the people. And the House of Lords, are pretty. in the past, it used to be you were born into that position. It was another part of uh, uh, the upper echelons of society that make decisions upon on the country and the people. Nowadays, it's more of an advisory role. It's very similar if you think about Congress is the House of Parliament, the House of Lords is like the Senate. The Senate over here has more, more control, more power. Uh, but that's pretty much what it was. But take you back to uh, back in 1215 when John, King John I, he was the king of England at the time. He was the absolute monarch. He could determine, even for the lords, he could determine life or death or take your lands from them. And if you probably have heard of the Magna Carta in 1215, you'll realize that uh, that's when the baron said enough is enough. We want to have some lords... Uh, some control over our lands. And now when you look at the Constitution we have now, our Constitution in America, in yeah, America yeah. the Constitution is primarily based upon Magna Carta from 1215. Amazing. Yeah. There's some royalty stuff tied in there. Yeah, there is, there is a it. connection, no matter how far you go back. Right. Yeah. And I tell you what, I say to Americans, you may have got rid of us in the 1700s in the Independence War, but we're still part of your Constitution. So. And we're glad to. There we're we're glad to be. We learned, we learned a lot off of y'all. So I teach, I teach it in my academy, so I always like to remind the, the youngsters, <laughs> hey, we're not far off. <laughs> right. Brothers, cousins. Yep. I like what you said about the Lord. Now, I'm about a Lord in that ancient time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bible was written ancient, and back in that day, people understood what a Lord was. Mm-hmm. You said he owned everything. Yep. He owned you too. Yes. You were his possession. Now, a Lord could say, all right, I'm your Lord. I own your house. I own the, the trees that you will cut down to build your homes. I own all the fields that we, you would grow all your food. But a good Lord would say, grow all the food you want, mm-hmm. eat as much as you want, live off my trees, build homes, have a wonderful house, build a big house you want, have as many kids as you want, have fun. I want you to have fun. Right. But at the end of the day, I'm your Lord. It's mine. Yes. It's not yours. But I let you have what's mine for your pleasure and mine. Friends, we need to understand Jesus in this context. If he is your Lord, everything is his. Your house is his. Your car is his. Your money is his. No, I earned it. No, no, no. He gave you the job that you have to go and earn it. It's not yours. It's his. The very body you live in that you may get up at the the alarm clock in the morning, he gave you that body. That body is not yours. It even belongs to him. But he's a good Lord, and he gives you all these things so that you can have pleasure in him. Now, for those that refuse to call Jesus Lord, you also said something in particular that I wrote in my notes here, that that Lord could put you to death if he wanted to. Absolutely. He had had control over your life and death. There is a Bible verse that scared the absolute literal theological hell out of me. Okay. (laughs) And it's Matthew 7 and 21 in that area. That there's going to be a lot of people that show up before Jesus, and they're going to say, oh, Lord, Lord, didn't we do all this stuff? We did all these things for you. And he's going to say, depart from me, for I never knew you. Mm -hmm. Depart from me, you who work iniquity, you who work lawlessness, you who work evil. I never knew you. 
You never really bowed to me. You rejected my authority, and he can have you put to death. Friends, this is a spiritual death. The Bible calls it the second death. Hell is the second death, the lake of fire. The Lord, whether you accept him or not, the Lord Jesus, he has the authority to either bless you or curse you. But where are you at? Have you hit the submit button yet? We're trying to convince you to hit the submit button because you need to understand what a Lord is. And you also had said that uh, lords are born into it. Yes. Typically. Mm -hmm. I did a little homework about the way English things work. If you're a lord in England, you were born into it. However, if the king so wanted to, he could appoint you as a lord if he wanted to. He could give or take it away as he pleased because he was he was the king. But in modern, modern times now, it's more of a case of you're not necessarily born into it. You do have what they call life peers, people who are, who are born, they pass it on through the family. But it, more and more so, it's more of those, uh, those people who've come from the, the House of Commons who are prominent politicians. And they have the wealth of experience and knowledge that can assist where the House of Parliament wants to pass an act or an act of parliament or a law that they need advice on. And so that's what the House of Lords does now. And so it's not so much of the everybody in the House of Lords is a, uh, was born into it. You have these people that are appointed into that position. Appointed. Mm-hmm. So you have either ancient or modern. You're born into it or you're appointed. Now, friends, in sin, we lost all our royal rights in the kingdom of Christ. We were nothing. We were originally condemned. But I want to show you John 1, verse 12. Speaking of Jesus, as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. See, originally we're not children of God, but he gives you the right to become. So we weren't born into it, but he can appoint you because he's a king. Galatians 4, 7 says, therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if you're a son, then you are an heir of God through Christ. So he can appoint you and then you can have an inheritance. So I wasn't born into it. Sam, I was born a rotten sinner. Uh, some people don't realize that pastors, uh, they think they're perfect. They think I slide down a rainbow every Sunday morning and I land at the pulpit. I preach. Then when all the congregation leaves, God beams me up, Scotty, back up into the clouds again, and I live in heaven all week until they come back again. It's not true. I am a dirty, rotten sinner. Well, we're all born sinners, aren't we? We are. And, and uh, here's the thing. If I'm you, a forgiven sinner, though. Yeah, well, if you understand that we're all born sinners, that uh, it's not your acts and deeds that will get you up into heaven. It will be your steadfastness in what is important in life, and that is to look to Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. Amen. Yeah, it's not your acts and what you do. And this is, you know, we constantly talk about this in, in our church, that uh, it's not your acts that are going to get you into heaven. It's, it's your steadfastness uh, in, uh, in who is the most important thing in your life, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the only one that's the King of Kings. He's the only one that could die on the cross. He was the only one who was perfect to die on the cross. He's the only one that had the spiritual currency to buy us out of our problem because we were spiritually broke. Romans 8 verse 16 says, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God. And get this, is going to blow your mind. Joint heirs with Christ. Joint heirs with Christ. That means what he gets, we get. 
So, okay, I was not originally royalty, Sam. Mm -hmm. I was not born into it. I was out of it, completely up. But the king could appoint me. Friends, if this doesn't motivate you to bow down with excitement and anticipation, pull out all the stops for the reverence of your king, then I don't know what will. If that don't light your fire, your wood is wet. This is the king, guys. He grants us a place in his royal family with full rights to inheritance as if we were born into it. As a matter of fact, we have to be reborn to get into the kingdom of God. Sam, this has been so helpful to me, talking about royalty, and I hope my listeners are really taking this in. Sam, do you have any last ideas, thoughts about royalty that you'd like to drill home to people that somebody's I'm sort of getting it, but I don't know. What could you hit them with? I would say that um, for me, and, and I didn't think about this before we started talking today about the, the correlation between what I've experienced in England with our, our royalty and, and how it relates to the Bible and Jesus Christ and, and, the, and Lord our God. I never realized how much it has uh, relevance in, in our everyday life. You right. know, I never thought that when you look at the, the feeling that you get, the feeling of a sense of belonging, the sense of uh, that you're part of something greater than yourself, and the elation that you get from something that you revere, something that you identify with, that's part of your identity with your culture and, and where you come from. If you can believe in Jesus Christ in that respect, that you have that reverence for Jesus Christ, good things will happen to you. And if, you, and if you stay steadfast, and I said that, I think in uh, going back to Peter uh, 17, it says, beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, that we need to be steadfast in our faith in Jesus Christ. And if we allow the wicked to get into our lives, then everything that you've, that's been put aside for you, i.e. Jesus dying for your sins, is for what? For naught. And so that's what I get from what we talk today, that uh, if you stay steadfast in your belief and your faith in Jesus Christ, then no matter what comes your way, no matter what turmoil comes your way, you'll get through this. The Lord fights for his people. That's another thing. You've got a problem bigger than you can tackle. He'll fight for you. Absolutely. And I'm glad you said steadfastness, because if you're selfish, life's all about you and your own stuff, then you're not going to see the greater than self in this. He said that the, the queen, the king makes you feel, makes you understand there's something greater than myself. Friends, Jesus, and going to the assembly of believers, it's greater than you. It's your identity. My identity is not in anything I've done. My identity is in everything Jesus has done for me, because that's where my eternal inheritance in the kingdom of God is going to be. Well, Sam, you know, I always give the gospel message on my show, and everybody's used to hearing me. And some people might even say, you know, I'm always raised boring now. I'm used to hearing it. You want to hear it from the man that understands royalty? Sam, can you tell somebody out there, they say, I want this. This sounds so cool. How do I get into this? Sam, what is the gospel message that somebody could be saved? Well, if I can read from Romans 10, 9, uh, it, it says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And basically what I take from this, as we said throughout the theme of today's discussion, that if you believe in Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior and you trust in him, then you will be saved. And and so if you don't allow that, if you keep that steadfastness, that what we used before, if you use that steadfastness there, 
you can't go wrong. Don't allow the wicked to come into your life. Don't allow the negativity. Because it says, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Lord, that means everything's his. Mm -hmm. Friends, you got to come to the realization, nothing is yours. And even your life is his. This this means you give him your life. Lord, do with me whatever you want. Lord Jesus, and believe, not just know. It says, and believe in your heart. It doesn't say know in your head. It says, believe in your heart. Everybody knows in their head that this Jesus guy died on the cross, but you got to believe in your heart. God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. Will be is a promise. Yeah, and and if I add to that, going on to Romans uh, 10, 11, and 12, can I, do you mind if I go, just go for that? it? But the scripture says, whoever believes in, on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. And that refers to me, everybody, everybody, all of us, all of us, not just Jew or Greek or anybody in this world. It applies to everybody. So no matter where you are, who you are, whatever culture, whatever race you are, it applies to all of us. Jesus did not just come to die for the Jews. Can you only can you imagine if he only came for them? Sorry, you're not a Jew. You don't get to go. He Mm. came for all of us. And friends, some of you out there, you're thinking you're too you, you screwed up too bad. You messed up too bad. I'm too foul. I've done too wrong. Friends, it says everyone, everyone. In verse 13, I'm going to go one verse behind you. It says, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord will probably be saved, might be saved. Your chances are good. You might be saved. Sam, it doesn't say that, does it? No, you shall be saved. You shall be saved. You you will. Friends, that's a promise. I just played off Sam. I like to do that. It says you shall be saved because it is a promise. Whoever means you. I know you're thinking, not me, Ray. I messed up too bad. No, you didn't. Because I read the word of God to you. Whoever. You are a whoever. Friends, here's what I want you to do. If you love this, this is exciting to me. Let me lead you in prayer. Follow me. Father, forgive me. I have sinned. I sinned bad. I blew it. And I had no way to bail myself out. I was spiritually bankrupt. I had nothing for which to buy my way out. Thank you, Lord King Jesus, that you came after me. You came down from the royalty of your throne. You left your your throne and all of it behind to come down and reach down into the muck and pull me out. A king should never have to do that. But you did. And so, Lord, I look forward to the trumpet sounding when you come back. I want this identity. I'm excited about you. You're bigger than me. I submit to you. I'm excited knowing that you're coming. Like Sam said, when the queen was coming down the street, Jesus, I know you're coming. I'm very excited. I'm going to pull out all the stops for you to return. Oh, Lord, thank you. Thank you for coming to get me. You are my Lord. You are my King. Everything I have is yours. What do you want me to do with it, Lord God? I turn over my old life. I walk away from it. I turn around and I give it to you. You are now my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, King Jesus, for coming for me. I give you my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Friends, if you prayed that prayer according to Scripture, you just got saved. You just got appointed to royalty. And I look forward to seeing you in eternal life someday. If you never get to meet me, I'll see you then. Sam, thank you so much for bringing this element of the gospel to us in royalty so that we can better understand our Messiah, Jesus. Thank you, Sam, for being here. You're welcome. Pleasure to be here. Awesome. You are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you. Thank 
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.